Welcome to Abide in Truth with Pastor Mike Hughes, a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel in Amid, Idaho. Join us as Pastor Mike leads us verse by verse through the Bible and shares with us the impacting truth of God's Word. Be sure to stay tuned until the close of our program to hear about some exciting news and special offers. We'll also tell you how you can obtain a full-length copy of this entire message. And don't forget, you can always catch up on Mike's teaching on our website at ccmit.org. We're currently going through the book of Luke in a series titled, The Uncommon Gospel. So grab your Bible, turn up the volume, and follow along with us. Here's Pastor Mike. Welcome to Calvary Chapel. We're so glad you're here this morning. We'll get right to it. Get your Bibles out and turn to the Gospel of Luke, chapter 7, verse 18 through 35, for a message titled, Doubt. Verse 25, but what did you go out to see? A man clothed in soft garments? Indeed, those who are in gorgeous apparel and live in luxury are in king's courts. Did you go out to see John the Baptist because he was wearing the latest fashions? No, what was John wearing? A camel hair thing and a leather belt. It was crazy, eating locusts and wild honey. I mean, the guy was out there just completely in the elements, living out in the wilderness until the day that he was called to start to proclaiming the repentance and the kingdom of God is coming, preparing the way of the Lord. Verse 26, but what did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes, I say to you, and more than a prophet, (laughs) he went out there to see John because he was a prophet. In the attire, it's interesting because John wore the same clothing as Elijah and Elisha. Remember, Elijah had the camel hair and leather belt thing. He's a hairy man with the, the camel hair and leather belt. And then when, when he went up in the chariot, Elisha had asked him for a double portion. He says, if my mantle falls down, you know, and it comes to you, then you, you will have a double portion. So he, he did, and he fell down, and he grabbed it, touched the water with it, and the water parted, and he went across you could have been wearing that same outfit, you know. Hey, this is, the, this is the prophet style, you know, or whatever. And now John's wearing the same thing. Some commentators believe that this is actually the mantle of Elijah that John had put on. That was what the attraction was, that everybody was like, what is going on? And this guy's out there preaching this, camel hair mantle, and sporting it. Verse 27, this is the one who has written, Behold, I send my messenger before your face, who will prepare your way before you. Now, this is, this is interesting because we know that John said something like this when they asked him who he was. Um, but Jesus quotes a different passage from Malachi chapter 1, or chapter 3, rather, verse 1. It says, Behold, and this is God speaking, Behold, I send my messenger, and he will prepare the way before me. So he is John, and me is God. And the Lord whom you seek will suddenly come to his temple. And this is, that would be considered the Messiah. The Lord who you seek will suddenly come to his temple, even the messenger of the covenant in whom you delight. Behold, he is coming, says the Lord Yahweh of hosts. That's, that's what this, this says. And you remember when Jesus started his ministry, he cleansed it at the end after the, transfigure, or after the triumphal entry. But you also remember in John, it tells us that he went into the temple at the beginning of his ministry and cleansed the temple suddenly coming to his temple as he begins his earthly ministry and cleanses it. But remember John quoted, instead, he quoted Isaiah 40, verse 3. When they came to him, they said, are you the prophet? 
And he said, no. Are you Elijah? He said, no. Are you the, the one? He said, no. Are, are you the Messiah? No. And he says, but I am, Isaiah 40, verse 3, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. This is, again, Yahweh. This is the name of God. Make you straight in the desert a highway for our Elohim. That's the, the, the word for God in the Hebrew. He's saying that he is, his job is to make a place for God to come. And certainly that's what Jesus was. Jesus was God himself. Come in flesh, as it tells us in John chapter 1, verse 14. And the, what does it say? I have to quote verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, was with God, and the Word was God. And then it says, and the, and the Word dwelt among us. And we beheld, his, we beheld his glory as the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. And the word, it means he tabernacled among us. So the word who was God came and became flesh. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. That's what it is. The word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory as the only begotten of the Father. First John 1, 4, or excuse me, John 1, 14. And so John, Jesus says John is a prophet. In fact, the most important prophet. Notice verse 28. For I say to you, among those born of women... There is not a greater prophet than John the Baptist, but he who is least in the kingdom of God is greater than he. Now, that's quite a statement when you think about it. I mean, there's been some pretty good prophets, right? I mean, you think about the Old Testament, Moses, for instance. I mean, what did Moses do? I mean, did all those 10 miracles, those 10 plagues in Egypt, he led the children of Israel out from Pharaoh, he parted the Red Sea, and they walked over on dry ground. I mean, of course, God did all that, but, you know, Moses was used as a prophet to do all those things. He, he brought manna, he brought water from the rock. I mean, it was, it was incredible, the things that Moses did as a prophet. John's greater than that? Or, or what about the prophecies concerning the end times and the Messiah? I mean, there's probably not a greater prophet, if you could think of it, than, than Isaiah, who wrote all the, I mean, Isaiah 53. And, you know, all these messianic prophecies that, that, that Isaiah wrote. And then just the prophecies of the people that he was dealing with there in, in, in Israel or in Judah, as he prophesied against them. And they all came to pass. I mean, great prophet, then, of course, there's Jeremiah, and there's Daniel, and there's Elijah, who also had many mighty miracles and works that he did. And just to name a few of the heavy hitters, how is John a greater prophet? What miracle did John do? None. What amazing prophecy did John write? How did he foretell the future? He didn't. But what John did that made him greater than all the Old Testament prophets, in fact, John would seal up the Old Testament and become the last of the Old Testament prophets, was he was the one who was chosen by God to point to Jesus and say, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. And in that one action made him the greatest prophet that ever lived. He's the one. Calling people to repentance and calling people to believe in and follow Jesus. No one born among women was greater than John. But then he says something strange there in verse 28. He says, but he who is least in the kingdom of God is greater than he. What? What does he mean by that? Well, no one born among women is greater than John, right? John was born of a woman. He was the last of the Old Testament prophets. He was the last one to, to tell the people that the Messiah is coming. That's what the prophet's job was. But he wasn't born again. 
And as Christians, we have better promises, the Bible tells us. That we have a new covenant that makes us in proximity to God, sons and daughters of God, through adoption. That we have a new covenant in Jeremiah 31 that tells us that he writes his name upon our hearts and on our minds. That we know him and he knows us. We are his children and he is our God. We have a promise of better things. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. You know, for them, they would die and they would wait for a time. You know, John didn't have to wait very long, but they'd wait for a time. And then when Jesus died on the cross, he would, he would bring all those people to heaven. But before that, there wasn't the same promises that we have. And, our, and the new covenant is built on better things than the old covenant was. And so John would be the last one to, to share the message of the old covenant. And, and Jesus becomes the bearer of the new covenant and the Holy Spirit who indwells us starting from the day of Pentecost until, until today when every single person who puts their trust in Jesus Christ has the, the God of the universe dwelling inside of them. And then the promises that we have, we're going to be getting to those in the book of Revelation on Wednesday nights. I hope you'll join us for that as we look at some of the promises to the seven letters to the seven churches. It's phenomenal what God has promised us. So verse 29, it says, And when all the people heard him, even the tax collectors justified God, having been baptized with the baptism of John. But the Pharisees and lawyers rejected the will of God for themselves, not having been baptized by him. So these people have been baptized by John, and because of that, they followed Jesus. And so what this passage is saying is that they knew that the the way of God because of what John preached. But it wasn't helpful to the scribes and to the lawyers. Why not? Because they, they wouldn't admit that they were sinners in need of a Savior. They would never admit it. They, they were never wrong. They believed that they were absolutely justified by the works that they had done and the things that they'd done. And there was no repentance. There was no asking for forgiveness. There was no need of a Savior. Hey, I am saved because of my moral fortitude and the things that I've done. And, and, and so you can't tell me that I'm a bad person. I mean, like I said last week, you know, they would pray every morning. They get out of bed. They say, thank you, God, that I'm not a Gentile, a woman, or a dog. This is how pompous these guys were. They did not have any, any expression that they were evil in their hearts. And they did not love God, and they did not love people. And because the fruit in their life was bad, they believed they were saved based on the things that they were doing. But actually, they were not saved because they would not come to God and receive his righteousness, which is only through Jesus Christ. We can't be righteous by being a good person. We can't be righteous by thinking we do good things. Thanks again for listening to Abide in Truth with Pastor Mike Hughes. If you would like a copy of today's sermon in its entirety, call us at 208-365-0991 or send us a text at 208-991-2756. Be sure to mention today's date. You can also listen to Pastor Mike's latest message on our website at ccemmett.org. And don't forget to search for Calvary Chapel Emmett on iTunes and YouTube. Remember to hit subscribe when you're there. Thanks again for listening. And remember, always abide in truth. Until next time, God bless. Abide in Truth is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel in Emmett, Idaho.
Calvary Chapel of Emmett would like to invite you to watch our services live on Facebook. You can watch us every Sunday morning at 8.30 or 10.30. Just go to our page, Calvary Chapel of Emmett, and scroll down for the live service. It is an interactive experience. While on our page, feel free to watch previous Sundays as well. So join Calvary Chapel Emmett Sunday morning at 8.30 or 10.30 on Facebook. We look forward to seeing you. Calvary Chapel of Emmett would like to offer you a free gift for joining us today. Right Now Media. Right Now Media has been called the Netflix of Christian Bible studies. With over 30,000 Bible studies and discipleship videos, there's even tons of Christian cartoons for the kids. To get your free account to Right Now Media, just visit our website at ccemmett.org forward slash right now. That's ccemmett.org forward slash right now. And God bless you.